Hello and welcome to another edition of the Herbert and Webster Money Minute podcast. On this episode, we'll be discussing pensions. What happens when I die? So as ever, you know, please don't accept this as advice. If you feel that you could benefit from financial advice, please get in contact with us on 01865 407775 or email us at Herbert and Webster. Uh, info at herbertandwebster.co.uk and make sure you mention to us that you've seen the uh, Money Minute podcast. So my name is Adam Herbert. I'm the Managing Director of Herbert and Webster, which was founded in 2010. And our aim is to provide truly independent financial advice. As a chartered firm and chartered financial planner, my focus is always on providing clients with full holistic financial um, financial advice to help them achieve their goals. Today, I'm also joined with two more advisors from the firm. We've got joining us today is Kurt McSweeney and Rob Gray. So Kurt, please introduce yourself to the listeners. Thank you, Adam. Hi all, I'm Kurt McSweeney. I've been in financial services now for over seven years and over five of those spent with Herbert and Webster. And five very short years ago, Adam Excellent. made me the offer of, of coming to join uh, and, and to give good, high-quality, independent advice without sales target. And I felt that was a real draw to, to come and join the team. Um, obviously, love a lot about what we do, but the, the ones or the cases I really enjoy are you know, getting clients to, to retirement five, ten years sooner than they, they initially expected or planned to. Or, or clients in care and being able to secure their care fees for the rest of their lives. That's some of the, the nicer aspects of the job. Excellent. Rob, what about you? <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, hi, my name is Rob Gray. Um, I've been in financial services for about 20 years now. Um, I've worked for various um, companies, Pearl Assurance, Bradford & Bingley, Lloyds Bank, Aviva. Um, so been been through the, the, the mill a bit there. Um, after 14 years working for these large corporations, I took the opportunity to join Adam at Herbert and Webster uh, in 2013 um, and have been here ever since. Um, obviously, it was great to be able to come across, be able to offer sort of independent financial advice um, and, and basically foster you know, really close relationships with, with clients and uh, to keep in contact, which perhaps we didn't do in the past. Yeah. So. Um, best part of the job for me is really helping clients to understand the options that they they have, what they can do, and, and give them the confidence um, that they're making the right decisions to secure their financial futures. Fantastic. So, as I've said, today's episode, we're looking at what happens to pensions when you die. Um, I'd say, firstly, most clients are surprised to know, well, to find out that their pension uh, well, some pension benefits doesn't die with them, basically. Uh, there is potential for these pension uh, capital to move on to their beneficiaries or nominated beneficiaries. Um, we've had a lot of change as well, uh, especially uh, with George Osborne on, on pension uh, benefits on death. And there's kind of two types of pensions out there, money purchase pensions and uh, defined benefit or final salary pensions as well. So each, you know, have their kind of different areas. And then there's the classic old annuities as well. So I think probably um, to start off with the the conversation is, is people are aware of pension freedoms. That's been a big thing over the last, say, five years. And pension drawdown. And th- this is when money is in a, a pension pot the person comes to retirement and they start to draw down on that pension. They have the full freedom to draw as much or as little as they want from that pension pot from the age of 55, really. Um, If we start with that one, 
Uh, we call that kind of flexible drawdown, pension pot. What happens to that if someone was to, say, die, and I, I purposely choose, uh, before the age of 75? Over to you, Kurt. Oh, thank you, Adam. Um, so pre-75, yeah. the, the benefits, they're not lost on death. Uh, under today's rules, they can be left to a spouse or children or you know, there's, there's somewhat of a succession planning. So the, the beneficiaries are able to receive that, that pension pot yeah. and they then have the option of either taking it as a, as a tax-free lump sum yeah. or taking it as a regular income. The the main benefit of that is that if they then don't spend the pot in full, they can then leave that also to, to their own beneficiaries who they wish that to be, whom they wish that to be, I think. Fantastic. So that's if someone passes away before the age of 75. So do they need to be accessing the pension pot for that to happen? Or does that pension pot still move to their beneficiary if they're still, say, at the age of 40, working full-time and building up a money-purchase pension pot. Over to you, Rob. Uh, right, so if I understood it, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if they're 40 yeah. um, and they've died, then they will have um, completed an expression of wishes, hopefully, yeah. relating to their, their pension pot that they're building up. Um, and on their death their pension company will look to assess what is to be done with the money. So if there's £100,000 in the pot, for example, um, the the pension trustee will look to identify who the beneficiary or beneficiaries are. They will then get in touch with them and ask them how they wish to receive the money. And they can either have it paid to them directly as a a tax-free lump sum. Um, They can have the money paid into a beneficiary's pension scheme. Or they can have the money paid into a beneficiary annuity um, so different choices so really for, pe- for for our listeners you know if they're working through their career they're building up a pension pot you know sometimes it can be a bit scary because you think well I can't see that money I'm paying that money in I'm never going to be able to access it when I retire but actually it is securing a kind of a safety blanket depending on the size of the pension pot for their family you know if, a, if that's who they wish for, to benefit from the, the the pension pot itself um with that then with with pension uh, with this kind of money purchase before the age of 75 we now know it can pass down to beneficiaries um do these beneficiaries have to be blood links does it have to be children does it have to be wives or, or can it move to other people as well it can move to other people as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So simple. simple. No, but it is. It's that's the thing. It, it, it's changed massively. Uh, the pensions, again, don't get me wrong. Pensions are still very complicated. But I must admit, before these pension freedoms, it was far more complicated on who could receive the beneficiaries, the, if there was a tax charge or not. It's actually become a lot more simpler now with a pension pot. You build up a pension pot through your work in life. It's hopefully there for your retirement. But if you don't reach retirement or if you die early in retirement, that pot can just move to whoever you wish as a tax-free pension of some sorts. Oh, Rob was going to say something. I was, I was, yeah, I mean, we, we tend to find that people have never really distinguished that there's yeah. a difference between the pension pot that you're building yeah. and the old-style annuity pension yeah. income that you, you buy when you retire. Yeah. So very much they would get confused because they think one is the other. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, typically with, with annuities, um, you know, there would either be 
no spouses benefit at all or you might buy a 50% spouses benefit if you yeah. if you died um, but you couldn't leave it to your children or to anybody else yeah. um, and so people do tend to think that those rules that are applied to annuities yeah. also get applied to the pension pot and that's really what we look to try and um, explain to them that yeah. you know there are different rules applying to different methods massively and i think annuities is definitely that this is the area to now to to dive into um annuities are, are just very much a contract aren't they so at that point of retirement uh, the annuity was the kind of classic way of taking a pension benefit you'd have built up a pension pot of, of money and and pretty much it was all done in one transaction there's your pension pot here's the annuity companies you give them x amount of money and they return you a guaranteed income for life which is really good you know it's great to have a, an income which you know is going to be there guaranteed for the rest of your life but once you've signed that contract that deal is done. So you need to make sure that that guaranteed income for life is suitable because that contract will include things such as indexation, benefits uh, or, or uh, death benefits to spouses and things along those lines as well. And I think annuities is where I know from my earlier days of advising, that was the classic kind of news article where, you know, Mr. received his paperwork from his pension provider. He had four options to take a pension income. You know, one was going to pay him £5,000, one was going to pay him £3,000, the other one was going to pay him £2,000. Surprise, surprise, he went with the one which was going to pay him £5,000, the most income. But the reason why it was paying him the most was it had the least amount of benefits, no indexation, and most importantly, no spouse's benefit. So when he died, that annuity died with him. And that's where a lot of people get a lot of kind of negative words towards pensions. But really, you're in control of your, your pension pot massively. And annuities are very much still a good option, but you just need to make sure that the contract is, is suitable. Mm. So with pension benefits then, still just look at the standard money purchase, what happens if you die after 75? Because we've said how great it is before 75. What happens to your pension pot if you died after 75? Come to you, Kurt, on that one. Gonna rob there. <laughs> um, so after the age 75, the, the options are still very much the same, except this time they go from being tax-free to taxable at yeah. the, the beneficiaries' marginal rates. So it would sit on top of their income that they, they earn in that year, yeah. for instance. So the pension isn't lost. You Absolutely know, if, not, no. If you've got, say, 200, if you've been enjoying retirement, your pension pot's worth £200,000, you've been drawing a, a, an income from that through flexi drawdown, you die at the age of 78, mm -hmm. that £200,000 will still move to whoever you wish. Correct, yes. Superb. And but I think it's also important to, something that we touched on earlier, is that it doesn't actually have to be your spouse. No. So I think more and more nowadays, fewer and fewer people are getting married so actually by having the pension and being able to leave it to your partner, yeah. male or female, or you know, it's it's now it is a very, very favourable benefit to have. Yeah. So they, and it doesn't form part of your estate for inheritance tax purposes either. Correct. So very much pensions, I know I'm biased to them, but pensions are very much a tax efficient vehicle. Mm -hmm. You can pay money in, we've discussed the benefits of tax relief and all that stuff. But actually, even when you die, be it before 75 or after the age of 75, whoever you wish can still benefit from that capital you've built up. It's not lost to, to the man, basically. Correct. Correct. To the man. To the man. Find there the you man. Go. Find the man. So, you know, 
over the age of 75, you've died, you've passed it, let's say, this is a bit of a case study scenario now, it's testing the guys as well. Um, you, you, you're, a, you're an older man, your wife is younger, you die at age 77, mm-hmm. you pass it to your wife who's age 72, and she dies at the age of 73. What happens to her pension pot at that point? I'll come over to Rob. Does it move over as a tax-free pension pot or does it move over as it was in original death? Let me just get a coin. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe, without referring to the textbooks, um, that the the rules would apply. So actually, if she's died under the age of 75, then she can leave her uh, beneficiaries pension pot to her chosen beneficiaries yeah. and they would receive it as a, as a tax-free amount exactly that rob well done so yeah it's but that's the other thing it resets so again uh, uh, it's a great point for financial advice as well you know if 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 you ask it's great to seek advice because not many people are aware of how clocks reset on the second death and, and things like that and and again that can be a, another kind of benefit to to pensions in, in general um it's just there's so much more flexibility and freedoms out there. It, it's superb. I think also it's, these are new rules. Yeah. So whereas you can draw a case study out on paper, mm. actually, um, you know, although these rules have been available since 2015, yeah. say so this last year is the first time I've actually um, had to go through the process of, of people inheriting pension pots yeah so there's not there's not an awful lot of um, real life experience out there where yeah. people will be talking to each other about oh this happened to me and this happened to me yeah so it, it's you know, really really good very very valuable financial planning that the general public just aren't really aware of um, because they don't see about see it or hear about it every day yeah um, and just having it launched in 2015 I imagine would mean very little to most people mm-hmm. so. I totally agree there, Rob. And the other thing, and I know in other podcasts we've covered, we, we cover off things like cash flow planning, uh, retirement planning for clients. And you could very much have a husband or wife where a lot of their income is coming in from state pension and maybe a final salary pension as well. How does final salary pensions, when they're in payment to the member, how do they work on the death benefit side um, for people, Kurt? How do they work? They're a bit simpler. They, yeah. uh, you know, they are just a fixed income for life that may or may not be index linked, and usually on death there will be a, a spousal or a dependent benefit. Yeah. Usually around about fifty percent. So yeah. you know, if, if Mister or Missus is is getting you know say two thousand pound a year from their final salary pension on their death, the, the spouse may then receive a thousand pound a year mm. um, going forward. So that's. Again, less flexibility, but a bit more security in the knowledge that you know what the income is going to be. But and I think really for my kind of top tip for clients out there is is to be aware of how much a benefit the spouse will receive because again sometimes um, in the nicest way people don't want to speak about death with their partners and the the spouse may be unaware of that benefit mm-hmm. reducing so much fifty or even forty percent off the off the benefit. Awesome. And so, you know, going through such a bad time through death and then finding out actually your, your income is just halved. Um, Plus usually the loss of the state pension as well. So it's a big loss, not just a... Yeah, yeah, completely. And they're the other things which you need to be aware of, really, because pensions have changed so much over the years. But also there's a lot of clients out there who've got this traditional pension income, annuity, 
defined benefit final salary and people aren't aware of of the consequences on death what will continue to be paid really um so Rob, what, what do you think is good for clients to do to prepare for retirement, to look at death benefits? Is there, you know, what, what kind of, what areas have you found to help clients re- with really planning their retirement? I think, um, as we always say, yeah. you know, when you're coming to, you know, a, a real pivotal point in your life, it's, it's important to take financial advice, yeah. uh, look for independent financial advice, just to sit down and have a chat with someone who will make you think about, the, the things you need to think about, basically. Yeah. Um, everything is written in black and white, but it's not always interpreted in the correct way. So, yeah, for example, um, you know, I've met someone recently who um, wanted to make sure that his wife got the maximum spouse's benefit. Yeah. So felt that he had to take the maximum pension and no lump sum. Yeah. Whereas actually, when you read through it, if you want to know, you can take the maximum lump sum, which will reduce your benefit, but actually your wife would still get half, 50% of the, the higher amount. Higher amount yeah. So it's just sort of reading it through and understanding um, how, it's, how it's going to work. Um, yeah, just so that you're sort of going into these things sort of with your, with your eyes wide open. Yeah, definitely. That's really good. And Kurt, is there anything else you would add on on the? Uh, have I missed out anything on the on pensions? What happens when you die, or, or do you, and any top tips from yourself or any experience you can share? Um, I don't think so. I think I think pensions have always been underrated. I think, like you said, the the experience of old is they weren't very flexible. They weren't you know always mm. as favourable to most as they should have been. Whereas under the new rules, you know, they're a great planning tool that isn't always maximize at its full potential you know yeah. we got with the way house prices have gone and estates increase and suddenly there's more and more money being paid to the treasury through inheritance tax whereas actually yeah. by diverting money into a pension yeah. you know hey, we're getting tax relief on the way in we're getting flexible access to income in the middle stages and then we're getting it outside of the estate later on for for inheritance tax planning so you know and, and that's just one product one tool that can be used so it's one of those that usually there's someone down the pub who's had a bad experience of a pension and that then sets the tone going forward but the moment the the, the lights have switched on they go oh, actually this is yeah you know this is pivotal so it's yeah yeah it's we well we hear it a lot people go i didn't realize this no, i didn't no, know pensions did that so, yeah, it's, so, yeah they're very positive very positive wrappers uh, to use for, for financial planning so rob anything else you'd add to this podcast um no i think we've covered I think we've covered everything we need to, yeah. Excellent. Anything you'd add, Kurt, yourself? No, thank you, Adam. Well, I've remembered this time to thank you, Kurt, for uh, attending today. (laughs) Thank you, Thank you, Rob, for attending today. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, the listener, for listening to us today as well. Uh, This has been the Herbert and Webster Money Minute podcast. Thank you.